Well, everyone, welcome back to the Life and Food with Chef Mimi podcast. This week, our topic of discussion is how do you stay in the gym? So take it away. Sure. I was looking back at some photos of myself. Actually, I was talking to a trainer of mine and talking about the ease with which I was doing an exercise. And there was another person in the gym who has only known me at about the size where I am now. Uh, I've been seeing her in the gym since about this summer. And I said something about when I first came, you know, into the gym life, how I was completely unprepared and I, I didn't have any gym clothes and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and how difficult everything was. I just couldn't, I mean, I could barely do any body weight movement, let alone pick up weights. And I pulled up my very first picture. You know, there's, uh, I told that story um, in one of the beginning episodes of the podcast about me driving through that snowstorm to that first boot camp at Juggernaut Fitness. And there's a picture that we took that night. And I pulled that picture up to show my trainer and to show the other lady uh, working out in the gym. And they were just floored. And, and I was floored. And earlier I was running on the treadmill and I had taken a video of it because I'm working on my running gait. I lead with my toes. I know I'm supposed to lead with my heels. And so I film myself every once in a while to see if my gait is improving. And so I had this this video of myself running on the treadmill. And then here I was about an hour later talking to the trainer and showing her this picture of me 85 pounds heavier. And the juxtaposition of that was so incredible. I made a reel and just dubbed it. You know, I voiced over a little bit of just saying like, you know, it's really difficult when I first started, it was very, very difficult. And all I really did, the magic bullet, I guess you could say, is that I just kept showing up. And that was the the point of the video, was that I just kept showing up. I think there's this difference between motivation and discipline. And it's not about motivation, it's about discipline. Right, right. So I'm a big dictionary person. Um, and so I actually pulled up here I want to, to give you the actual definitions of these words, because a lot of people say, I don't have the motivation to go to the gym, or I was going to the gym, but I lost my motivation. And I think sometimes people mean one thing, but they're saying another word, and it, it does have a different meaning. So the definition of motivation is the reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way. The definition of discipline is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. Um, and so for me, when it says the practice of training people, I can insert the practice of training myself. You can discipline yourself. So for me, when I think about motivation, I think about it being a feeling. And then when I think about discipline, discipline is a practice. Those are very different things. And when something is really, really hard, a feeling cannot take you all the way. You can use the feeling as fuel. You can rely on that feeling to push you. You should have some feelings behind it. You should have motivation and discipline. But motivation by itself is not enough. Yeah, let's face it, if, if it was all about motivation, I don't think anybody would show up for work. Yeah, no, that's true. There's a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of different motivations why someone might want to make lifestyle changes. I personally did not believe in New Year's resolutions or anything like them for many years of my life. I thought, that's just stupid. I'll just, you know, if I'm not going to do it now, I shouldn't, you know, if I haven't already been doing it, I shouldn't make it a point to start something. Um, and then for a while, I, I kind of yo-yoed into this idea that I was going to make 
these outrageous New Year's resolutions. And this, it goes along, you know, with the diet culture that I talked about where it's, you know, you're cutting out an entire food group or you're, you're doing something insane. You have to drink a specific kind of shake, you know, three times a day. Something radical. Yes, yes. So I would make these New Year's resolutions of drink, you know, 100 ounces of water every day. Well, then it's January 6th. And you don't drink the 100 ounces of water and you're like, oh, well, yeah, that's I screwed that up. So I guess the whole rest of the year, I'm not going to drink any more water. I guess the point is, you know, you set goals for yourself really more than these resolutions. You know, I'm not going to eat any sugar or I'm not things that you you already know as you're making these resolutions. I'm probably going to fail. I'm going to fall down on this because there's no way that I can keep that going the motivation just isn't there and it won't be there when it's my birthday and I'm like, oh wait, I can't have a piece of birthday cake, you know, because I said I wouldn't eat sugar this year. So stuff like that just doesn't make sense. And it's the same thing with the gym. You know, people say, I'm going to work out for an hour every day, every single seven days a week. No, you're not. That's not healthy. You know, don't do that. What's better is that you set specific goals for yourself. So let's say you're already in the gym and you just don't really know, you know, what you want to do or, you know, you're, you feel like you're kind of at, at one point and you want to move forward. Okay, are you walking on the treadmill? Do you want to start jogging? Are you walking at three miles an hour? Do you want to get to where you're jogging at four and a half miles an hour? Make that be your goal by the end of the year that you want to be jogging at four and a half miles an hour. It's measurable. It's something that can be sustained. It's something that you can build on. Same thing if you're lifting. You know, I want to squat 200 pounds by the end of this year. I want my, you know, PR, which is your personal record. I want my PR to be this amount on this exercise. Or, you know, I, I can't do a burpee, and by the end of the year, I want to do a burpee. I don't know why anyone would ever want to do that, but I'm using it as an example, okay? Sure. I don't even know what a burpee is. You I mean, don't want to like know. Something, something, something you would do with the baby. No, you don't, you don't want to know. If you don't know what a burpee is, then don't look it up. It's, it's the most horrifying exercise in the world. But there are specific things that are measurable goals. Now, in order to get to that goal, you have to be consistently in the gym, or if you have a specific weight goal that you want to hit, you have to be consistently eating well. But it allows for that 80-20 balance where it's not so crazy that you're going to fail and then you're going to lose all your motivation. And then the discipline goes out the window too because you don't have that feeling behind it anymore. Because in your mind, you've already failed. So specific things are really important. That's if you're already in the gym. If you are not in the gym at all right now and you have this desire, you have motivation, and you think to yourself, I know that I need to work out. I want to work out. I, I, you know, have this motivation because my kids need a healthy mom. My kids need to see me active. My husband, you know, wants to go hiking with me and I can't climb the stairs without being out of breath. Whatever it is, whatever that motivation is, okay, you have to hold on to that motivation, but then you have to create discipline. That's where you have to make a plan, okay? And there's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a concrete sort of person. I don't, I, I like to make lists and I like to have plans and I, I don't like to fly by the seat of my pants. And so I think that it would be a disservice to give you some advice and say, oh yeah, find your motivation and then you have to be disciplined. Well, what does that look like? What does that mean? And it could mean a lot of different things for different people. It depends on what motivates you and, and you know, what kind of discipline you react with, you know, what kind of discipline works on yourself. So for some people, they're super money motivated. So I know people who do those diet bet websites where you basically go on and you join a group and it's a hundred bucks or something, you know, it's enough to make it hurt. 
And then you have to weigh in at a specific point. And if you don't meet the weigh-in requirements, you lose that $100. For some people, that is super motivating. For me, it's not. It's just not. Um, for some people, they don't want to be in a gym. It's embarrassing, but they want to start working out. And they're, they, they have enough self-discipline to make themselves work out at home. I know lots of people with home gyms who work out in their garage consistently. They work out in their basement. They work out in their living room with their kids around, and it works great for them. That is also not me. So some people, you know, thrive on community. So you have to join, a, you know, a, a place like Burn Boot Camp or Orange Theory, a place where you're showing up with people and the people that are around you are going to push you and they're going to hold you accountable if you don't show up. Uh, you know, sometimes it looks like finding a gym buddy who you meet up three days a week and you lift together. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is finding the right thing that works for you. If you hate cardio... Don't go join a running club where you're running in the dark at 6 a.m. every morning. You will stop going. You know, you have to figure out what is going to be the longest term success for you. If you have knee problems, go join uh, the water aerobics class at your local Y. I, it looks funny and it's all old people, but let me tell you what, working out in the water is hardcore. You will get a, a fantastic workout doing water aerobics with those old people. So if you have physical limitations, you're going to have to find, you know, a different way to move. Say goodbye to guilt from feeding your family drive through and hello to Mimi's macros. Mimi, our master chef, crafts meals that kids love, making dinner time a breeze. No more settling for fast food or delivery. Treat your family to wholesome goodness. Visit Mimi'sMacros.com to check delivery availability in your area. You can order as little or as much as you want with no obligations. Mimi's Macros. Let us do the cooking. You focus on life. When I first got into the gym, I was doing kind of HIIT workouts, which is the high interval or high intensity interval training. So you're, you're doing a lot of movements and you're, you're switching up really quickly um, but what I realized is that I really loved lifting. I loved heavy lifting, like like not power lifting, but I loved really heavy lifting. And when I would start to flag and my motivation would start to, to fail, the discipline was that I had found something that I really liked and I loved the results of it. I loved feeling strong. I loved feeling muscles forming under my skin. And, you know, I mean, it was just incredible. And that kind of pulled me through as I've lost weight. I've, you know, fallen in love with cardio. I really like running now, which I mean, if you would have ever told me that I would be sitting in a chair saying, I really like running now a year ago, I would have laughed at you. But I do really enjoy that now. So what I do is I mix those things up so that I don't get bored and so that, you know, when I'm not feeling in a lifting mood, I can go do a more cardio-based workout. When I'm feeling a little burnt out on cardio, I can focus more on the lifting. And then you've got to find the little tips and tricks that, you know, throughout your day that are, are going to help you getting up off the couch more. Um, you know, planning your day so that you know that you have time to get to the gym. If you are not a morning person, don't schedule yourself for 6 a.m. classes. You will not go. For me, if I have an early morning workout, I have to take my clothes and I have to put them in the hallway because I know that if I'm in the dark in my bedroom and I don't have anything laid out, it's just going to feel, it's that's a barrier. You have to take away the barriers. 
So for me, that means setting everything out in the morning so it's ready to go. And then my trick for myself is that while the coffee maker is heating up, I put my sports bra on. And after that, I'm like, okay, well, I've already put on this contraption with, you know, zippers and hooks and sports you, bras for women are very complicated. Yes. Okay. There's a ratchet, you know. It's, right. Uh, yes. You, know. Um, you talked about barriers. And I think that there are more barriers than just, like you said, like you didn't lay out your clothes. You know, I think that people don't realize that you're going to have to make some changes to your schedule and you may have to talk to other members of your family about helping you to stay on that schedule and maybe even making changes in their lives to help support you in what it is you're trying to do. Yes, that's super important. And the, the times that I've worked out have changed over the years that I've been in the gym. I used to only do, I'm, I was never a morning person, so I only used to do evening workouts. And that was something that I would communicate with you. Hey, I have, I have to leave here at 630. I have a boot camp at seven. Right. Um, you know, here's my schedule for the week. And then, you know, you would work with me on that to make sure that I could go. Now, through the course of losing a bunch of weight and just changing my entire attitude towards movement and my health obviously improving in so many ways, I've become a morning person. And so I am that person who can go work out at six o'clock in the morning now, which I prefer because I don't have to rely on anyone else's schedules. I'm able to go, I come home, everyone is still asleep. I'm able to get this done with minimal impact to my family. Yeah, the way I used to get around that when I was lifting pretty heavily was that I would actually go during lunch when I was working. I would find a gym that was close to where I worked instead of finding a gym that was close to where I was home. And then I could leave, go to the gym, work out. Uh, the workout would typically take 40, 45 minutes, which left me a little bit of time on both ends so that I could get in, get changed, and then get changed back or grab a quick shower. And then I would have packed my lunch. And then when I got back to my desk, I would sit and eat the lunch while I finished out the rest of my day. Sure. Yeah, it's just a, a matter of finding what's going to work for you. And you have to look at it as a long-term as a long-term engagement that you are partic participating in. This is not a quick lifestyle change. You know, if you are carrying a lot of excess weight, I guarantee you that did not all come onto your body over the course of six months. And it will not all come off of your body over the course of six months. And the other thing too is that once you find exercise and you develop a love for exercise, that should carry forward through the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Now, you want to, you know, continue moving. I mean, it's it's proven and shown, obviously, through tons of studies and, and things of that nature that, you know, the more movement you're able to do into your elder years, you know, the healthier you are and the, the you know, the better you sleep, the, you know, your longevity is improved. And, you know, for me, we started our family kind of late, you know, mm -hmm. I was 30 when we had our first child. And so, we're going to be older parents, and that's one of my motivations is that I want to be a very, very healthy grandma because as far as, I mean, I'm concerned, I'm with seven children. I plan on having a gaggle of grandchildren, and I want to be able to keep up with them. So for me, yes, there's this element of I started working out because I thought if I don't start working out, I'm going to die. Literally, I'm going to die of a heart attack of coronary artery disease, cancer, something is horrible is going to happen to me because of my lifestyle. So I have to get in the gym and I have to solve this emergent problem. 
And that's that's the thing, though, is that I think that for a lot of people, they approach this as, well, I've got to solve this problem. Instead of saying to themselves, I'm going to make this change, and this is something I'm going to be doing five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Right. And it might, that's the thing is it might change and it might look different. It might be something very slow if you have mobility issues or you're very heavy and you're trying to shed, you know, the the worst of the excess weight. It might be slow movement and it might be, um, you know, just walking. It might be getting up, you know, more off the couch and just being more active in those ways. And it might look for me when I'm 80 doing yoga instead of powerlifting. Although how cool would it be if I was an 80-year-old grandma who was powerlifting? I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I'm I'm kind of here for it. But, you know, you it's true. A lot of this stuff that I've talked about in the last few podcasts, the reason why all of this has started coming together for me and, and the reason why I've been able to have success in this area is that I've stopped treating it as these quick fix ideas or even something that I'm going to do for a little bit or I'm going to do as long as I need it to just being something that I do. So I'm not a person who's dieting. I'm a person who eats really well and fuels her body. I think that's I think that's the thing is that idea I'm going to do this until I've achieved a certain goal. Right. And then that's what you hear about people that they do that And some of them succeed and they take off a ton of weight, but then they've never learned how to maintain. And so once they're done with that project, especially if it's something that uses some kind of radical solution, they don't know how to live and stay at that weight. Right. Well, and, and, you know, a lot of times it's your, your goals will change. And that's why for me, I don't like New Year's resolutions, but I do make New Year's goals. And those goals are very different. You know, the the first year I was working out, one of my goals was to be able to successfully do a burpee. Like that was it. Like that was the whole goal was I, I, I just need to be able to get down onto the floor and back up again in the actual movement that constitutes a burpee. Now, I mean, my goals are you know, take my max sprint from a, you know, eight and a half mile per hour. I have really short legs. So if you're a runner, do not judge me. Literally, my legs are like two and a half feet long. So, uh, you know, your max sprint is going to look a lot different from mine if you are taller than 5'1". But, um, you know, I I, now my goals are things like I want to reach a total loss of 100 pounds. I want to uh, have a PR squat of 200 pounds this year. I, you know, so I, my goals have changed. And so that's the thing is that the overarching goal, the overarching motivation is for, you know, health and longevity throughout all of my life. My short-term goals have changed from just figure out how to move, like literally move your body to now much more specific and much more targeted athletic goals. And those will continue to change, you know, as I go. But the main change there, like I was saying before about, you know, I'm just a person who eats healthy now and, and fuels her body. I'm a person now who is active. I am now an active person. I am a person who exercises regularly. And that's a, a massive shift because it takes away that idea of it being a punishment. It takes away that idea that it's something that you have to do because you're eating or you're consuming certain foods and it just becomes a part of who you are. I am a person who does this. I am a person 
who goes to the gym three days a week for the rest of my life. And you find fantastic benefits from this if you stick with it. You have to break through those barriers when motivation is not enough. Mimi was a professional chef turned full-time mom with seven children that she homeschooled, but she also had a serious weight problem. Then, at the height of the pandemic, she reached a crisis point and decided to use her culinary knowledge to start fixing her own health. She knew that her love of great food could pose a challenge, so she needed to make her journey as delicious as it was good for her. The result is Mimi's Macros. Are you ready to taste success? Head on over to mimismacros.com to check delivery availability in your area. Mimi's Macros. Let us do the cooking. You focus on life. All right, so we've talked about the journey that you can take on your own. And I know that some people will do this together. Like two people say, okay, we're going to do this together. We're going to lose weight together. And that just never seems to work out. So what would you say is the right alternative to that? I mean, it's going to depend a lot on your personality. But I will say that if you have never been in the gym before and you're not sure what to do, you've got to get a coach. You've got to get a trainer. You have to have someone write you a workout plan. If you are just going in and you're walking on the treadmill for 10 minutes and then you're going through and doing like the circuit training, but you're not paying attention to how much weight you're actually moving or how many reps you're doing, how many reps are you supposed to do? How much cardio are you supposed to do? Your fitness goals and fitness needs will vary wildly whether you're male or female, or you're in your 20s, or you're in your 40s, or you're 150 pounds overweight, or you're 10 pounds underweight. I mean, so my advice to anyone who is either in the gym right now and wanting to improve or looking to get into the gym is to find a trainer. If you are joining a gym, you generally get a personal training session for free. And that's a great place to start. These people are certified. They're going to give you a pretty good idea of what you should be doing. I really cannot stress enough how much more you will get out of the process if you have someone that you are working out with who will push you. Uh, And that could be a friend that you're working out with or uh, someone that you know who already goes to the gym and, you know, is a frequent gym goer, pretty athletic Or if it's a trainer who's going to hold you accountable and say, you moved that much weight last week, you can move it again this week. You know, you might not be feeling that strong today, but you, you know, bench press, you know, 65 pounds 10 times last week. You can do 65 pounds 12 times this week, even though it's really, really hard. So you need someone who's going to push you and who's going to direct you. That has been a huge success point for me. So when you first started all of this, you had a significant amount of weight to lose. What did your original workouts look like? It was really high intensity. I really threw myself into the deep end, and I think that's what I needed. Really, I think any kind of workout would have benefited me, and it was more about the community than the type of workout that I was doing. I just happened to be so 
lucky and so blessed that the very first thing that I signed up for was inside of this community and at this gym where people were so unbelievably supportive and welcoming and encouraging. And that's what I needed. And so, you know, it was high intensity interval training. So it was stuff like, you know, running in place in the wintertime and doing battle ropes and lunges, squats, a lot of body weight movements, um, you know, a lot of just kind of getting your heart rate up into that zone. And then in the summertime, we moved outside and sometimes it looked like flipping massive truck, you know, tractor trailer tires and running around the building. And I mean, just stuff that, you know, was very physically demanding. But I needed that. I needed to be pushed. I needed to see what was available to me physically that and it made me want it. The more I saw these, you know, crazy exercises and people lifting these heavy weights and running, you know, so effortlessly, beautifully around a building as I'm like walking and huffing and puffing. And I, I'm just thinking like, I want to run. I want my ponytail to be bouncing in the wind while I like run with a smile on my face. And and I do now. <laughs> I am that person with the the bouncing ponytail that's running and it feels amazing. And um, but that's that's what it looked like when I first started. And then that's when I really like fell in love with lifting. And I, I honestly, I never went and lifted on my own because I knew that I would, I wouldn't push myself hard enough. I can push myself in a lot of ways, but I knew with lifting, I wouldn't be able to. So that's where personal training came in. Oh yeah. And Jagger, he's the worst. <laughs> it, he's like, come over here and bench press this semi. The thing about, the thing about a trainer and the thing about Jagger specifically is that he holds himself to such a high standard and he demands such excellence of himself. He is so disciplined. Talk about discipline. I mean, the practice of conforming yourself to this this set of rules and this you know set of norms with which you will govern your body. Um, when your trainer holds themselves to such a, a high standard, he would ask me to do something or tell me to do something that in my mind I would think, I can't do that. That's too heavy. There's no way I can lift that. There's no way I can push that. But I would think to myself, well, he would make himself do it. So I guess I can make myself do it. Uh, and that for me is I, I needed that motivation and I needed someone who honestly, especially at the beginning, believed in me more than I believed in myself. We're really good at talking ourselves out of stuff is what it comes down to. Sure. I mean, it's hard. There's... That's the thing is that it's difficult until it's not. And even when it's not, there's still days where it's difficult. I find the gym very joyful, but that doesn't mean that there will be one specific exercise that you see on the board when you walk into the gym and you think, I could just turn around and go home because I don't feel like doing that today. So yeah, I mean, we are essentially soft creatures. You know, we want a, a soft, easy life. And so for me, I know that I need someone standing next to me saying, do that two more times because you can, you can do it. And and I, I so like I superhuman strength, I can do it. If someone tells me I can, I, I will. And so if that's the sort of personality that you have as well, you're going to need a trainer. And, you know, that might look like sacrificing certain things in your life to make sure that you can afford to pay a trainer. But I, I would just say, that it's worth it. It's so worth it. And it's more worth it than whatever else you're spending the money on right now. 
it is a, a, a literal gift to yourself to give yourself fitness and athleticism and, and health. The, the feeling that you will get from that, that's real self-care. You know, people talk about self-care and you think about like, oh, I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to get a massage. I'm going to sit with a cup of tea and look at the leaves changing. And yeah, I mean, those things are all really nice. But self-care a lot of times is really hard stuff. It's making yourself put that extra money into savings. It's putting your, your workout clothes outside your bedroom door and putting on your sports bra in the dark, in the kitchen at 5.30 in the morning when your coffee's brewing because that's what's going to get you out of the door because that's real self-care. If you had a friend who was slowly killing themselves with food, how, I mean, wouldn't you want to say to them like, hey, I'll, why don't we go to the gym together? Why don't we, you, you know, it, think about treat yourself the way a best friend would treat you. Think about yourself, you know, in the situations that you're in. Think about if it was your best friend or your child. How would you want someone to approach that? Would you want someone to say, I know this really sucks. Here's a box of chocolate. Here, eat some more. Or would you want someone to step in and say, hey, let's find the money for you to get a trainer and for you to hit up the Y three times a week. I know you have bad knees. Let's figure out a way. You know, I heard about this, this class at the Y that's chair a chair workout where, you know, it's really easy on your knees. What if we go together? You know, that's, I think sometimes we have to look at self-care with a bit more of a practical lens. Self-care self is a discipline, like actually really caring for yourself, not just making yourself feel good. That's not really what self-care is. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times it sort of falls into this place of there's all these things that we would happily do for someone else, but we won't do them for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times it, it feels too hopeless and, and people feel too helpless I think this is just too hard. There's no way to really make this change. I've tried to do it 16 times and it hasn't worked any time. Do you know what? I mean, you have to keep trying. And that's, you know, that was the reel that I made was basically, you know, when I first started in the gym, everything sucked. I would come home and everything would hurt. I would wake up in the middle of the night and take ibuprofen because my muscles hurt so badly. I would wake up in the morning and drag myself out of bed and limp down the stairs. Everything hurt. It felt like I was dying all the time, but I was disciplined. I was disciplined and I knew, I knew that I had to do this. No one could do it for me. And my motivation was strong enough that any time I started to lose that motivation, the discipline carried me through. I made it a habit. I made it a non-negotiable. I go to the gym. It doesn't matter if I have to go in the morning. It doesn't matter if I have to go at night. It doesn't matter if I have to pay a personal trainer. It doesn't matter if I have to invest in a set of weights for my basement. Whatever it is for you, you have to make it a non-negotiable. This is who I am. This is what I do. And it won't change overnight, but you will slowly find yourself improving and finding joy in the things that were tough at the beginning. And the more that happens, the more you build on it, the more joy you get from it, the more you begin to rely on it. As you work out, your sleep improves, you're sleeping better, so you can wake up earlier and you can fit in a workout in the morning. 
you have more energy. So you hop up off the couch and say to the kids, hey, let's go take a bike ride or let's go in the backyard and run around for a little bit because you can, because you have that physicality now that you have developed by using your discipline and just saying to yourself, I'm a person now who moves. And what about that part of it that is back circling back to motivation here? I think that for a lot of people, there is sort of this thing in their heads of like, I don't deserve to look like that. I don't deserve to feel like that. You know, how do you get yourself out of that headspace and get yourself to that place where you're getting up every morning and saying, I deserve to have a healthy body. I deserve to be able to go out and go to the pool and not feel embarrassed about the way I look. Yeah, that's not something that that you have right away. A lot of it is just a lot of it at the beginning is discipline. That's why discipline is so important. That comes because what happens is instead of it feeling like a chore or a punishment, it starts to feel like a reward. It starts to feel good. And then you start looking at it and saying, I want to feel good. I should be allowed to feel good. I like feeling good. I want to feel more of this. Whether it's the fact that you're in a smaller size pant and you put it in the pant size and you put it on and you're like, okay, I love this. Or the fact that you can go in and do a class at your local crunch fitness that when you started six months ago, you couldn't even finish or you were winded or you couldn't do the box jumps with everyone else. You were the only person who couldn't do that one exercise. And six months later, you crush that exercise and you come home and you are euphoric. You feel so good. You're, you feel athletic. You feel accomplished. That's joyful. That's real joy. That's not just like happiness. That's a joy that's deep inside of you. And you have to harness that joy. You have to develop it first, and then you have to harness it and say, I like this feeling. I want more of it. And as you do that, you will start doing that more and more in your life. You know, that this has been such a huge change for me. And being able to, to have those feelings and say, I deserve to have this time for myself. I deserve to leave my home and take an hour and 15 minutes in the gym, however long, 30 minutes to do my yoga video in the basement, whatever it is that you're doing, I deserve that because it makes me feel good. That'll ripple out into the rest of your life because feeling good is going to make you happy. When you're happier, you're happier in your home, you're happier with your family, and then that's reciprocated. And then you start looking at other things in your life and you think, boy, if I can start being happy in my body, can I start being happy in the way I consume food? Well, let's see if I can. Can I be more happy in this job by switching around some responsibilities? What about that business I always wanted to start? What about that dream I always had of being able to travel? Well, now I don't need a seatbelt extender and I'm not embarrassed to get on a plane and sit, you know, in between someone in the middle seat. I mean, your life changes drastically as you take these steps to get healthier and it opens up worlds of possibility and you have now exercised that muscle of taking for yourself, doing that real self-care, which is the hard stuff that then becomes the joyful stuff. And it ripples out into the rest of your life. Yeah, I had a 
martial arts instructor who said something that really struck me about this is that he said that everyone wants to have self-confidence. Everyone wants to feel confident, but they don't understand. You can't have self-confidence until you have self-respect. Yeah. And you can't have self-respect until you have some self-discipline. Self-control. Because you don't respect yourself because... You're you out of control. You're out of control. And so if you can get the self-discipline in place, that off of that will come self-respect. And that will create a feedback loop so that you, you're better at disciplining yourself and then you feel even more respect for yourself and then that starts to show in everything that you do. It starts to show in who you are yeah. to everyone else. Absolutely. It's, I mean, I think that's what I've been talking the circle around this mm-hmm. whole time. And that's really beautifully summed up is that the, the discipline leads to the self-respect. The self-respect leads to the self-confidence. And let me tell you what, when you are a woman who has never felt comfortable in her body and you get to a size where you can buy off the rack and you know it's going to fit you and you look really good in it. And you're also strong enough to where you don't have to ask for help with pretty much anything. I can lift pretty much anything by myself. There is a level of confidence because you think to yourself, there's literally nothing I can't do. If I can leg press 520 pounds, show me something that I can't do. Well, I do have to take the lid off of your cup for you sometimes. That one that that twists on so tight that you can't get it off. That is true. That is one thing. My my grip strength is not great. That is maybe that'll be one of my goals for this year is to improve my grip strength. Get you one of those squeezy things, yes. you know? Yes. But really there is, you know, all jokes aside, there is something to be said about loving yourself enough to speak to yourself about the hard things in your life that need to change. All right, dear listeners, that's all we have for this week's episode of Life and Food with Chef Mimi. Tune in next Monday when we ask the question, exactly how do you fall in love with exercise? <laughs>